Welcome to Roadcase, the podcast that explores the live music experience. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Josh Rosenberg, and I'll be taking you on a journey through in-depth interviews with performers and key people in the industry to explore the magic of live music, how it can be totally transformative for both fans and performers, and we'll look at how they take it all out on the road. It's going to be a great ride, so here we go. Hey, welcome back to Roadcase, everybody. This is your host, Josh Rosenberg. I am so psyched to be here for this last episode of 2022, episode 165. It's been quite a year, and I want to thank everyone, each and every one of you, in fact, for being here along for this ride, for listening in, and for being part of the Roadcase community. I am so incredibly grateful to all of you, and I'm so grateful to be able to do what I do and bring these amazing interviews and amazing artists to all of you. Uh, so happy I can do this, and thanks for being along for this amazing ride. I'm so psyched to have Dan Horn and John Lee Shannon uh, with me for this episode. They are of the band Circles Around the Sun, one of my favorite bands. I am so psyched to have these guys here. There's a number of different ways that you can get involved in the Roadcase community. First and super easy way, and we really rely on the support of you amazing listeners to do just a couple easy things that really help to support Roadcase. Uh, first is to follow us on the socials. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, you can also get involved by giving us, sending us an email if you'd like. If you have questions, comments, concerns, our email is info at roadcasepod.com. Uh, you can also find out more information about the show by visiting our website, www.roadcasepod.com. Com. Uh, another quick and easy way you can help support Roadcase really helps out the show. Uh, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. So if you're on Spotify, there's a little box that says follow right there on the Roadcase homepage. Just click that box. If you're on Apple Podcasts, for example, up in the upper right hand corner, there's a check mark. Just check that box and doing so on both those platforms allow you to get updates as to when new episodes come into the world. It also really helps out the podcast to subscribe on those listening platforms. And while you're there, if you can rate and review Roadcase, uh, that really helps out as well. And I appreciate that uh, on Apple Podcasts. Super easy to do. Just scroll up a little bit from the Roadcase homepage. You'll see some stars and there's a place to write a review on Spotify. It's super easy. Right underneath that follow box, there's another box with with stars. Just click on that. And uh, that really helps out Roadcase. So really appreciate your help. And thanks so much for being along for this ride in 2022 against episode 165. Uh, we're just taking a quick holiday break and we'll be back first week of January with more amazing episodes. So I'm really excited to have Dan Horn and John Lee Shannon on the show for this episode interview. Uh, they are in the band Circles Around the Sun, who have a new album coming up entitled Language. It's coming out in early 2023 and also features Michaela Davis on the title track, which is currently out now. Uh, she plays her amazing harp. Uh, I also had Michaela on the show for episode 104 back in February 
uh, of this year. I'm really excited to have Dan and John on the show. Uh, John, Dan plays bass. John plays guitar. Uh, the prior guitarist for Circles Around the Sun, as you may know, was Neil Casal, who tragically took his life several years ago. I spoke about Neil quite a bit in my interview with Dave Schools back. Uh, that was episode 107. Also in February of 2022, uh, we chatted about Neil quite a bit and also the topic of mental health as it concerns touring artists. Dave also produced the Neil Casal tribute album entitled Highway Butterfly, uh, on which Circles Around the Sun contributed a single entitled All the Luck in the World. Um, the timing for this episode, I uh, spoke to them just before Thanksgiving. Things were a little hectic at Dan's house with the kids at home. It was kind of like sitting down on the couch with him with a bunch of stuff going on. Uh, so please excuse sort of the uh, little bit of confusion at times, but it all kind of lends to the sort of ad hoc environment of this particular interview. And John joined me out from the from the Catskills. So this is an interesting three-part interview. It gets kind of funny at the end when Dan gets into his car, just, uh, just really towards the end. But uh, Dan's uh, just a really, really sweet and endearing human. And John is just a lovely person as well. Really enjoyed talking to these guys. We talked a little bit about, of course, about Circles Around the Sun music and the new album, uh, being on tour, chat a little bit about the music business, what it takes to go out there and really just uh, reflect a ton on the fun that these guys have uh, bringing their music to all their fans around the country and on the road. So happy to have them on the show. And I'm really happy Happy that you're all along for the ride on this last episode of 2022. Can't wait to be back after this holiday season. I want to wish everybody a happy holidays and happy new year. I know 2023 is going to be an amazing year for everyone and especially for the live music shows that we're all going to see in 2023. I know I'm really psyched. I got almost a full calendar already of shows in early 2023 and uh, so many amazing festivals going on during the summer that I'll be attending and doing interviews at and bringing those to all you amazing listeners. So thanks so much for being here. I'm so grateful to all of you. And I want to thank uh, Dan Horn and John Lee Shannon and send a special shout out and thank you to them both for being on this episode of Roadcase. And here we go. All right, guys. Uh, Dan, John, welcome to Roadcase, man. Good morning. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the show. I'm so excited to have you guys. How are you both? Hey, doing good. Yeah. Good morning. Right on. So I got um, I got both coasts representing. Right, Dan. You're on. You're in L.A. As I understand, right? Yeah, West Coast is the best coast. That's right. I'm from L.A., which uh, I grew up in the in the Valley over there in Sherman Oaks. Oh, nice. <laughs> Many years ago, I was celebrating my 40th uh, high school reunion from um, our 40th year of graduating from high school from Grant High School in the Valley, if you've heard of it. Probably uh, not. I don't nice. Know. Uh, John, you're up in the in the Catskills. That's right. East Coast. Yeah, right on. All right. So we got everything. I got the middle here. I'm holding down the middle in Chicago. You guys are on both ends. It's mo We're in the modern times now. It's, an, it's a beautiful thing. Uh so I'm really psyched to have you guys here, Dan. I've admired your work for quite some time and, um, uh, 
And John, I'm looking forward to learning more about you during this conversation, man. And this, uh, so uh, first things first, you got an upcoming album, Circles Around the Sun album uh, entitled Language, as I understand it, coming out in uh, in the spring. How you guys? Uh, how you guys feeling about that? Kind of what's um, what's the vibe? What's first and foremost in your mind right now with that new album coming out, Dan? Um, it's pretty exciting. We we actually finished finished it almost a year ago so oh my those things, things always take a while to get um to get done and uh so it's exciting that it's coming out yeah what's that like when there's so much lead time to an album it's kind of it's always seems strikes me is that normal for you is that kind of a long time yeah. what is that what's that what's the impact that it has having to wait for so long after finishing something to put it out in the world like that yeah, it gets weird. I mean, because, yeah, you kind of do something based on what you're feeling at the moment, you know? Right, right. No, it's not. It's cool. It's, um, it just is how it goes. So we're used to it. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was funny because I was thinking about the, what we record, me and Adam recorded like a Christmas thing last year, like around this time. Oh, yeah. Know? We did like a three song EP with Grateful Shred. Uh huh. And I was listening to it. Yeah. And it's kind of like the pre production for the Circles record. Because then we did the Circles mm-hmm. record after. Uh huh. And a lot of synth sounds and like the, uh, you know, the production. Yeah. Yeah. The stuff that just left set up and used for the Circles record. For the self titled Circles. No, the one that's oh, coming out. Oh, for this out. one. Oh, okay. All right, I get it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, like yeah. This time last year, me and Adam made this Christmas right, EP. Right, right, right. And just kept recording after that and made the language album. Interesting. I think, John, didn't you even play on that? No, you didn't play on it. No, not that one. No, but you came right after. and Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so John, tell me a little bit about how you're, you've gotten involved with circles. I mean, you guys kind of all know each other from a while back. I mean, I just said hi to Michaela Davis, who's at your, who's up there, uh, in the Catskills with you. It's all kind of, and Michaela's on, uh, the title track, which is already out. There's a couple singles out. Let me just cover that, uh, language that Michaela plays on harp, um, actually, uh, yeah, I, I've, I've heard language live. I saw also, I, I was at the circle show at, um, uh, in Chicago at park West, uh, when was that like in April time frame or something? I, I don't know. I lo- lose track of time. Uh, there's also an outer boroughs another single just came out. Um, but John, tell me about your involvement and what, you know, how, when, where you've known Dan from and how you're kind of, uh, intertwined in this, uh, in this multifaceted world that we're going to learn about. Yeah. Well, I know all these guys through Neil. I met Neil a few years ago working on a record that he produced and I played on and we just became buds. That? that was a record by a guy named Zephaniah O'Hora. Wow. Yeah. He's a friend of mine and a uh, singer songwriter um, and plays with shred now actually, but okay. um, yeah, we were working on his record. And so that's how I met Neil. And then through that, we did a handful of gigs with circles opening and I think that's the first time I met Dan and Adam and Mark. And then that was, you know, a little while before the pandemic and then the pandemic happened and nobody did anything for a while. Mm. And then 
you know, we sort of loosely kept in touch. I'd see, talk to Adam every now and then. And then in uh, the fall of last year, or I guess the end of summer last year, uh, I got a call from Adam asking if I wanted to do some gigs with circles. And I said, yeah. yeah. And we've been playing together ever since. Yeah. Were you on this last tour over the summer or whenever that was uh, when they came through Chicago? Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. Great. Great. Okay. So I saw you play. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. yeah. It was fucking great, man. Seriously. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. It's been really fun. Yeah. I was trying to put that together. It's hard to find like, you can't like, I, I don't know. It's sometimes like the personnel and you get, it's kind of changing and stuff and, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and Unfortunately, I wanted to tell you guys personally how sad I am about Neil. Um, I, you know, I had Dave Schools on the show. We talked about it quite a bit. We talked about the um, Highway Butterfly tribute album on which uh, Circles um, contributed a song as well. And um, I, you know, I didn't know Neil well prior to that, but clearly, you know, his impact is has been was vast, especially for you. I can't imagine. Um, the impact that it's had on you. I mean, it, 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 it feel, I feel it deep inside. I, I just learning more about him and in the, in, in, in the wake of his passing uh, through so many various artists um, he's had, he had such an impact on everybody. And um, I guess one thing that occurs to me, John, and we're, I, you know, I, I, I want to include you, Dan, in this as well. What, what kind of impact does it have on you? personally and uh professionally as a guitarist um to um how to phrase that to be in that in that spot in that band considering that it was uh that that neil was there prior i don't i don't think we like to like put too much pressure on it yeah you know yeah i don't right john <laughs> yeah i try not to overthink it i mean i uh was a fan of neil's playing you know i really like I've related him and I connected a lot, you know, just in terms of like our perspectives musically and things like that. Mm. So, you know, for me, I mostly try not to overthink it and just, you know, uh, try to stay in the moment and be myself. But certainly there are a lot of things about what Neil did in circles that, that I really like and, you know, try to borrow from and things like that. And, pay respect to when it's uh called for but you know kind of equal parts um carrying whatever legacy forward within the context of the band yeah. but also you know trying to just embrace like the spirit of it you know mm -hmm. spirit of what the band was when he was a part of it and then moving it forward yeah when um when you talk about trying to honor him uh is that from a technical perspective or from kind of a personal vibey perspective what do, what do, what do you think about when you when you when you mention that i know all those things i mean from a technical perspective you know something as simple as like a sound you know a pedal or a piece of gear or mm -hmm. um a lick or whatever but but then also you know just more of the um the less tangible aspect of it, of just, you know, trying to embrace the attitude and the idea of the band, I think more than anything, you know, and not spend too much time on it. Cause you know, it would be yeah probably not that great for anybody if I was 
just really focused on trying to recreate what right. he did or, right. you know, just be a replacement. Yeah. Yeah. It's I hear you. Go ahead, Dan. It's convenient because that is the attitude of the band. <laughs> is, is, is what? Worry. Just kind of do your thing and not worry about, you know, trying too hard to, yeah, mimic anything or right. whatever. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Like a chicken and the egg there. <laughs> but that's one of those things that, uh, you know, that's for me why like the new record is so exciting and why it's was so great to get to do it. And the thing I'm looking forward to the most is just, you know, being able to create something new yeah, and just keep moving it forward. And, you know, in, in the process of it, just letting things evolve and, you know, like my own sounds and takes on things are ever changing, you know, they're always evolving and, changing and and so um having a new context to do those things in is kind of the best yeah yeah i mean that's what i i I think about i think it's wonderful that it's been honored i know that's what neil wanted it wanted circles around the sun to continue move forward and um you know i just wanted to honor him here and just you know touch upon that with with you guys um uh but yeah dan um yeah, that that's you know it's the the vibe of the band is just kind of just uh, keep it rolling and keep things uh, and keep things moving. Um, mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit about the vibe of this new album, vis a vis. You know, it's and, and for those that don't know that are listening, um, Circles Around the Sun has just kind of an amazing funk soul sort of. You guys refer to disco balls quite a bit, and it's very jammy and uh, even jazzy. And it's um, you know it's it's a wonderful vibe. How is and I and I, I feel that vibe being continued uh, on the new album. Kind of what's your what? Tell me a little bit about the vibe from from your perspective and kind of some of the things that you're that you're trying to accomplish, if if anything. Um. Well, <clears throat> it's um. Yeah, I mean kind of like trying to go a little bit out there with like weird um like synth explorations a little bit more but also you know it's we're just trying to write bangers basically yeah and uh but yeah this one i think we paid a little bit more attention to like setting scenes in a way hmm. with like soundscapes and stuff like that mm-hmm. which, is, which has been really fun yeah and then yeah, and then just taking that and, um, you know, kind of making a dance party from that. Yeah, you mentioned that. I think I read something about that where you said, like, the fr- you kind of forewarned people, like, the first two songs are setting a vibe, and then the rest of yeah. the album sort of takes you on takes you on the journey. You you said you kind of prep people, and then you kind of take off. Is that is that does that kind of resonate a little bit or? Is what you mm-hmm. wrote what you meant? No, I'm kidding, but still. Yeah, no, that was, yeah. that, that was <laughs> yeah. cool. Yeah, I think it's kind of the idea. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it was it was cool. It's like me and Adam kind of like set this scene, like with, and then John and Mark showed up and to the session and. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was just like a party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Well, you got the disco balls. Once you have the disco balls, that's, that's another chicken and the egg thing. Is it the party first and then the disco balls? Or is it disco yeah. balls which forces the party atmosphere? I, honestly, they just show up. You don't know where they come from. <laughs> uh, and then Michaela, yeah, when I saw this. at Park... Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to tell the Michaela oh. story about her mirror, the mirror ball uh, hat also. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah, is a related I, story. I went oh, to... Oh, cool. There's a venue here. So I live in the village of Catskill. Uh-huh. And there's a really nice little downtown area. And every spring they put out, they have all these artists do different cats. They're like, I don't know what they're made out of, like some like ceramic or something, but they're like this big, you know, they're pretty tall. Oh, no. And they all oh, you were all over that, dude. <laughs> yeah. But they do, they do, they do a different one for like every 30 feet along Main Street or something. So like there's a record <laughs> store that has like a Ziggy Stardust cat. That's so funny. They had, has like, dude, I got to interrupt you and say, like, they had that in Chicago once many years ago, but it was cows and it was along Michigan oh, yeah. Avenue and they were big at like yeah. normal, some like actual size cow, uh, ceramic or yeah. whatever, what have you. And they were all like a bull's one with the bull's logo and the this and the that. Amazing. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So That's go ahead. So, so the cats and Catskill. Okay. Yeah, the cows is perfect though. I'm from Michigan originally. So that's so mm. Midwest. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, but. So these cats, they put them out every year and they take them away when the weather gets cold and they do new ones every year. And I, the ones that go away get like auctioned off or sold oh, or whatever. Cool. But anyway, I was at this, I was at this venue last night here in town, this little club called Avalon to see my friends play. And up in the corner, like of the venue, yeah. I spotted one of these cats, yeah. but it's fully mirror bald. It's oh, just nice. the whole cat. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. I don't know what it's going to take to get that thing, but we need it. So what? Because it's what, like a four foot tall disco cat. Oh fuck yeah! You got room in that in the van or the the the, the, yeah. the trailer or whatever. So what did it take? Yeah. Did you get it? I don't know. I mean, I know uh, the guy that owns the place is a friend, so we're gonna oh. we're gonna follow up. Yeah, maybe he'll do. just loan it to you for um, for tour. Just set it down back. That's down what by I was thinking. Something. Yeah. No, yeah. this would be better if you somehow heisted it. <laughs> yeah, that's also a the subversive comments from the couch in LA. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, maybe we'll have to delete this part so there's no evidence once I make no, my move. That's okay. I'll I'll put it in. It's all it's all in good faith. You're a friend of the guy, so there you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, for now, you are. That is. Yeah. <laughs> TBD. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So this, um, I, I, I've never heard like. I'm such a fan of the music. I've never heard, I mean, th- that kind of vibe is just so fantastic. And Dan, thanks for, thanks for putting that vibe out into the world. And thanks to you, John and, and Adam and Mark um, as well. Um, it's like, who knew that it could be this sort of disco party, but kind of a jammy, funky dead vibe. It's really it's really quite unique. Dan, what's your, what is your musical, what's your musical reference point for that, for circles around the sun and, and, and what you, what artistic expression that comes out of that project for you and that band? Sorry. Like, like what are your, what's your reference point for that? Like where, where where's that coming from for you? Talk about like, you know, from a musical perspective, what, what's that all about for you? What's like, just sort of tell me a little bit about that vibe and, and what it means to you, where it comes from and how it comes out for you. Huh? Um, I don't know. It's just, a lot of it is just like, I try to 
um, just playing a lot, I think. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, you're certainly an expert bass player, and I fucking love the vibes and stuff. But like, so, okay, so what you're saying, if I can riff off of that, what you're saying yeah. is that's what fucking comes out of you. Well... I don't know, kind of. It, <laughs> I mean, clearly that's what comes out of you. I'm going to say that's a statement, right? But it's sort of, if I'm looking for some kind of you to talk about sort of musical references. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Like specifically for this record or for just... For whatever, man. You can talk about whatever you want. Yeah. It's all, <laughs> good. It's all good, dude. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, um, I kind of, we kind of like, from like in a weird way like everything mm. I think that's kind of our thing you know mm-hmm. like um, um, the, co- yeah. the cosmic interconnectedness yeah. we were sending around um, playlists and they're like pretty much all over the place yeah <clears throat> but yeah I mean I think a lot of it just comes from like I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm I'm, lo- I'm lost. No, that's okay. Um, l- gr- Grateful Shred is 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 also your project as well. Um, yeah. And uh, so, and you have a great, you know, a tradition of Grateful Dead covers, also um, uh, with um, with Cats, the interludes for the Dead album that you did, where they're sort of like. Riff all of a sudden, if when you're at a cat show, it's like there's all of a sudden there's these dead riffs that are floating all over the place. And I'm like, oh, did you guys hear that Scarlet Fire that they covered? No, well, that's called what is it, Scarlotta's something or Scarlet and different, different like unique titles for these riffs. And you guys kind of just go off and create it, which. You know, I love the dead. I love the dead. Okay, the um, the dead melodies and the dead songs, and then the way that those are intertwined. Talk to me a little bit about what your relationship is with with dead music, with great, the music of, of of Grateful Dead, and how that has become part of your lexicon over time. Yeah, it was funny. Like listening to people, it was like a game people would play at the show. <laughs> like, oh, that. Where's that from? Yeah. What song is that? Which is kind of cool. Yeah. But also usually wrong. <laughs> but not. But sometimes. <laughs> Like the Scarlatta's one's obvious. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but yeah, that's always pretty fun. Yeah. Um, and then like learning all the dead songs is cool because mm-hmm. it, exp- you know, it expands the vocabulary a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's so much in there mm-hmm. as far as like songwriting and, you know, licks and, um, tones. Yeah. I know John's probably had fun like cramming like 75 songs last, uh, <laughs> only 75 John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got to keep up with but these guys. Are you a dead? You're a fan of the dead? Yeah, I am. And I, I started, uh, playing with shred just recently. We did a tour in October mm-hmm. and so I was out with them for that. And so, yeah, that was the 75 song cram session, but, yeah, that's really the first uh, time that I've really dug in, you know, from a player's perspective to, you know, a lot of the Dead's catalog. Yeah. And uh, and it was really fun. Like, yeah, everything Dan said as far as 
there being a lot of good stuff in there is obviously true, but definitely one of those things where the, you know, deeper you go, the more you appreciate that. Yeah. Well, as, as a guitarist, you feel, do you feel like you need to kind of lead that, uh, take the band down particular roads in that regard, or is kind of Dan just throwing in the riffs and you're, Oh yeah, that's this. Or how's that? What's that dynamic kind of like when you, when you're riffing in the dead world with a cat show, uh, for example, like cat shows, it's interesting if you're weaving in various grateful dead themes during a cat show, because that's not necessarily the point. Grateful shred obviously is a pointed effort and a cut to cover grateful dead. Um, what does that feel like from a, in a, in a circles around the sun perspective? Um, kind of the same. I mean, I try to think of, you know, if you were, to, I think if you were to say like, what's one takeaway or whatever from, you know, the Grateful Dead's approach to yeah. playing music together. Uh, I think it's just that idea of, you know, everyone, it's that Dixieland thing of like, you know, there's really mm. no one soloist or one person that's kind of at the front of everything at any yeah. one point, it's just sort of everyone's making music together. It's, you know, like group improvisation. And that's, I think the strongest like link, you know, besides maybe the first record where the whole point of it was to create Grateful Dead music for Grateful Dead concerts. I think that's the biggest connection between the two, like, you know, the Grateful Dead world and circles is yeah. just that intent of like, okay, this is like what happens when, four players play together, you know, with no like rules or like agenda or like order to it of, you know, okay, now this happens and then this happens. It's just sort of, let's see what happens. Yeah. And so the shreds kind of the same thing in my experience, you know, obviously grateful dead being a guitar band playing guitar in the context of grateful dead music has its own vibe, but it's really fun. You know, I mean, I really, I love, Grateful Dead and I love Jerry and I love his playing and I feel like like most people that get into the dead or you know Jerry like kind of relate to him and the music in a certain way and so I definitely feel that yeah and it's great it's wonderful guitar music yeah right on I agree I agree um Dan so let's talk mm -hmm. a little bit are you from LA originally I'm just curious I'm from um the bay Oh, the Bay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when'd you move to LA? I moved to LA kind of like in my um, mid twenties, kind of uh -huh. after college and trying to find like a musical um, home. And I found a bunch of like, I basically found like a cool band to play with and yeah. moved, moved here with them. Right. Was that circles or was that shred? No, no, this was like, it was kind of like an indie indie band. I kind of came from like a more rock and roll indie world. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. Right on. It was this indie band and we were toured around and played with, you know, all the hit bands. Yeah. And what was it called? Kinda, it was called On the Speakers. Right on. Yeah, it was fun. Um, kind of got me into like learning how to like tour and you know, be on the road and put on a show every night and learn all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Do you like being on the road in general? Yeah. I mean, I do. It's pretty hard. It takes a toll on, um, 
if you're not like mentally prepared. Right. Uh, right. Right. I mean, it's the it's the best. It's kind of why we're all like doing music. So yeah, yeah. What's your What's the most important part of your mental preparation for that? What do you have to kind of tell yourself? And has that evolved over the years? Yeah. Um, Why well, you guys are both laughing at that? What did John do? It's kind of evolved into me almost checking out and turning into like a different person. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, which John probably knows. But do you come back to that? Is that like John? Is one of the few people that knows um, both both Dan's. Yeah, I yeah. love them both equally. Oh, you okay. do? Okay, good. So it's not like a Jekyll and Hyde <laughs> thing, or maybe it is, and you like, still love both. It's yeah. kind of like you know, like with um, sign with um, George in Seinfeld. You know, there's relationship George, there's friend George. Oh yeah, they, yeah, yeah. And, all right, so tell me a little bit about what's the what's the tour Dan uh, like? Um. Oh, he's a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Got a pretty pretty serious uh, spending habit. Uh, yeah, like and <laughs> that's a nice nice lunch. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, so you like to do it right? Is that what you're saying? Was that a good thing, John, or was that kind of like an inside thing? No, it's. I mean, that's like he treats you guys well. Everyone, everyone does. He, you guys do good stuff. Yeah, it's all about the treasure hunt. Right on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Did you well, find anything treasures? Yeah. So you mean like the cool? Am I, am I missing something here? You mean like the traveling, the cool places, enjoying it? <laughs> RR is that Here's Red one right here? What? what is that? No, this is from the Double R Diner in uh, where the hell is that place? The Diner from Twin Peaks. Oh, no yeah. kidding! Oh, so what? That's Northwest, right? It's not as yeah. Cool look at there. Oh, oh yeah. nice. So you got the Waffle House coffee. There's a waffle. Is that good. from here in Chicago? Isn't that, I know, I recognize that logo. Where's that from, Dan? All over the, anywhere, but I think the farthest west is Arizona. Oh, it's like a chain thing. All right. So is that what you guys, you, you guys actually collect mugs or you just happen to have a couple mugs from places where you visited on the road? I do. Yeah. We were in Florida, a restaurant called the Coffee Cup Diner. Yeah. And I was like, go there and steal a mug because it'll, it'll be a coffee cup that says coffee cup on it. <laughs> this uh, is a coffee cup yes, uh, see, the point yes. is is that these are the kind of things that you go on the road for right so you can get a coffee cup that says the coffee cup there you go mm. where so where is the coffee cup it's in uh pence pensacola pensacola all right and also the stealing theme dan don't think i haven't noticed that that's the second time that the stealing theme has no. come up john is that like an issue on the is that how you're staying sane like just uh you know a little little five finger kind of thing going on there from place <laughs> to place i tip well there you go that's good yeah that's good so the vibe is have fun, find cool places, kind of keep it keep it alive that way, and make it an um, a fun experience and not such a drag. Dan, is that kind of that's mm -hmm. kind of my takeaway? Yep. And shopping. And what? And a lot of shopping. Yeah, you like your fun clothes, man. What was the thing you were wearing in Chicago? Was that the um, that was kind of the cosmic planet vibe jumpsuit? I think, or was it? Yeah. Or what was that? Yeah, we got some jumpsuits. They keep evolving kind of it's been fun to try to um it's fun to kind of like get in a costume before the show yeah yeah character there you go 
What yeah. do you, what do you like about that? Are you is um, it is it kind of an offshoot of performance for you? Yeah, I don't like doing laundry, so you just get sweaty in your <laughs> coat clothes and then I <laughs> <laughs> so there's a practical aspect to it. I thought this was kind of a, I was going to have a fun aesthetic conversation about how it ties into the vibe of the, the music. No, it's about laundry. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> no, it's about the vibe. And we had like our, our friends here that, um, uh, friends, Vanessa and Roxanne, they, uh, do sometimes design like merch and stuff for us. And then we kind of took it into like, Hey, why don't you like, help us out with some cool outfits so mm -hmm. been yeah cool so john wait i forget what you were wearing at, on that tour at that those shows or something what's your jumpsuit collection look like <laughs> elvis <laughs> i got a i got a pretty sweet one that's uh tie-dye i'm on my second one but uh it looks cool i haven't worn it quite as much but i think actually the i think the chicago show yeah, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that was the one and only appearance of the Boitanos. Oh, the Boitanos! <laughs> the Boitanos. <laughs> what is that? Is that a reference to the skater? What is that? Well, yeah. So Got a it. lot of the clothes that we had in our wardrobe were were women's clothing, which you know, a lot of it was just like sequiny, and there's no real difference other than the fact that it buttons the other way. But oh, some right. some particular articles were more bold than others and there was one <laughs> pair of like spandex bell bottoms <laughs> that that i was the only one brave enough to to take a crack at and i think i think park west was the one time i wore them and as soon as i put them on i don't remember who came up with it but we realized we were like if you're not careful with some of this stuff you can take a real hard turn into figure skater territory. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and those were the figure skateriest. I can't remember so, if I have yeah, pictures. I'll have to look on my phone and not. look back for pictures of those. I'll send you if I have one. I can't remember what it if is. If you do just delete them. yourself. <laughs> delete them immediately. <laughs> yeah. Dan's on, Dan's on the move. We got Dan with the kids at the house. Oh, now. oh yeah. Now there's a, a friend over, so they're out in the backyard too. Dan's going it's mobile. Wait, it's not a it's school like day. How old are your, how old are your kids, Dan? Oh, it's the first day before Thanksgiving break. So they didn't have school today. Oh, cool. All right. 12 days off. Okay. Well, I got some more questions for you, Dan, when you get settled back in, I don't know exactly what you're doing, but, um, John, tell me about you. Oh, go ahead. Tell me. We got, Sorry, I'm back. We got roving reporter Dan Horn in his backyard yeah. showing us the, the bread and milk blue, guy. The I'm what? back. I'm the what? What'd you say, John? I said, you're like the bread and milk guy. Have you ever seen those videos? The comedian dude that does the bread and milk guy? No, no. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, just like, it's like, you know, somebody that's just in hysteria, like <laughs> when there's like a impending storm or other... <clears throat> event yeah. that would cause you to need to stack up on bread and milk. Uh, there you go. Oh, right, right. Oh, God. Those days at Trader Joe's with people loading up yeah. their stupid, like, all right, let's not go, go down that road. But, um, uh, John, tell me about your, um, you had this, um, this really beautiful guitar solo album called In and Of. Tell me, tell me, tell me about that. It was really, really beautiful. Oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, that, I put that out, um, I guess two years ago now. Uh-huh. And, uh, it was just kind of a little project that I was working on for a while. It was like a little labor of love thing that I yeah. wanted to do and had been kicking it around for some time. 
And that was actually one of the things, you know, that record, I recorded it um, in 2019 and I sort of recorded it at Neil's encouragement, you know, like when I started, um, when I worked with Neil on that record and him and I became buds and, you know, would text back and forth and Mm -hmm. chat every so often about whatever was going on. He Mm. asked me if I had anything of my own that I was working on. And at that point I had, you know, five or six of those little instrumental tunes that I had been working on. And I sent them to him and he was really into it and, you know, encouraged me to keep going and write some more. And, and then we made a plan to go, I was going to work with him on another record by a guy named Kenny Roby mm-hmm. in California at a really amazing studio there in Stinson beach. And we had these plans to do that session and then immediately afterward, I was going to stick around for a few days and record my thing. And uh, so that unfortunately didn't happen because Neil passed away. Yeah. Um, or it didn't happen exactly like that. The The initial session got rescheduled to a different place, but I still ended up going and recording at that same studio. Was that the Panoramic and, uh, House? Yeah, yeah, Panoramic House. Yeah. Yeah, Panoramic House. Which, yeah, that's beautiful. It's beautiful there. I think My Morning Jacket recorded an album there as well, or Waterfall album way back like probably yeah a lot of amazing artists have worked there um and i mean really the only reason i was able to is because it was already planned to be a part of this other thing but yeah yeah, it's an amazing place it's it's owned by one of the publishers of tape op so they have um literally every amazing piece of gear you could ever imagine and yeah yeah, it was cool it uh so i I recorded it and then you know it just kind of sat around for a while i didn't really have any particular outlet for it uh, and the pandemic happened. So that sort yeah. of slowed things down. But yeah. yeah, a little later on in 2020, I, um, got in touch with, uh, um, Josh, I'm confusing him with your name now. <laughs> I think his name is Josh Rosenthal. I'm oh, sorry, no Josh, kidding. I'm totally blanking, but, uh. but yeah, Josh, the owner of uh, a little label called Tompkins square, which is oh, okay. based out of San Francisco. All right. Um, he was, kind enough to work with me on that in releasing it so it came out on Tompkins square which is an amazing label and that was also kind of uh neil's suggestion he when we had talked about it initially was like this would be a really cool label for you because it's kind of an acoustic guitar um you know like guitar solely um sort of sort of label world yeah yeah kind of a um john fahey and everything thereafter mm-hmm. uh, centric label. So anyways, they, they released it and cool. um, yeah, it's been out for a couple of years and yeah, it's good stuff. Um, thanks. Yeah. It's, it's, I really, uh, I'm a big, I love finger style guitar and uh-huh. um, it's really fun to, to compose music in that context. And that was kind of the challenge with that record is I just wanted to make uh, a solo guitar record that was just, you know, one take, like just, performances of the songs right and um it was really cool it was a lot of work but um, right on really happy that i did it and happy it came out and one of these days i'll put out something else in that same vein but yeah who knows when i hope so i hope so, I hope so. well hopefully you'll we'll be busy enough with circles around the sun to not uh not have time to do that not in a bad way yeah I mean. it's a good good problem it's a good to problem have. to have yeah Dan, um, you are a noted producer as well, and you produce some of my favorite bands, Mapache, 
Pacific Range, a la Loss, all these uh, amazing uh, California and LA cats. I had um, I had Clay Finch and Sam Biasucci on the show. I just saw Mapache actually at a small club here in Chicago. Uh, got to catch up with them. It was really great. Uh, tell me about your 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 producing work and what's uh, what's exciting about that for you and kind of where you're going with that. Um, yeah, I actually just was at the Panoramic House with um, Mapache. Oh, really? Yeah, that was fun. I'm sorry, I'm trying to escape. Um, escape the kids? Yeah, not really escape. But, I, I know what you mean, man. I got three kids. They're older, but yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was fun. Um, I have a studio. I'm on the phone, dude. Okay, but um, can I use one of those exciting Sure. Okay. Yeah. I have an idea. Okay. <laughs> okay. We got that figured out. It's all good. Um. Yeah. It's all good. So. Um. Yeah. I got um, <laughs> John's a studio here in LA that I've been working out of for a long time, and um, that's where we did this um newest the language album. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um. You know, I just uh, Mapache. They're they're my favorite. They. Love working with them. Um, kind of, I guess I've kind of developed a little bit of a sound <clears throat> here. Yeah, I keep it, you know, try to keep it organic, and you know, kind of go along with like California country folk rock it's, vibes. It's great stuff, man. It's really great yeah. stuff. I do. I, I mean that sincerely. Um, one weird question. Okay, so is it Lone Pine Studio or Liberty Hair? something oh, well, what would you did you switch well, around the name i mean we talked about it quite a bit with mapache because apparently what those guys were like you were they were living in the basement and like on liberty St- or something something i don't yeah. know what, what's the deal so my house that i've had for a long time and um the echo park a, one is that the one does the, is that the palm tree house i'm trying to figure that out no one will yeah, tell me yeah it's all one place oh, okay and then it kind of like as i turned more into a studio i moved out oh also the kids and and like wanting to get like more private place. Uh-huh. So I moved out and then Sam and Clay and Austin from Grateful Shred moved in and um uh along with my buddy Luke Paquin who's also a musician and um here in LA. And uh that's when it kind of turned into the Liberty Hair Farm. Okay. Cuz everybody, you know, we're hair farmers basically. Yeah. And <laughs> not that complicated and it's on Liberty Street. Right. Right. Uh, so now it's kind of called that. Okay. I kind of that name just because it's kind of funny. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of what I call it now, Liberty Hair Farm. Yeah. It's it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's a house and then there's a studio in the back. So it's a good place to hang out and also make music. So Yeah. Echo Park's, a, Echo Park's a great spot too. They were, um, yeah. Clay yeah. and Sam were telling me about that. They've got a, They've got a great story and um, uh, just personal story. Each of them, it's just, uh, you know, Sam having spent the time in Mexico and, and them knowing each other from college or high school or something. Or, yeah. Yeah. It's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> it actually <laughs> is adorable. <laughs> yeah. And the, 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 span, the, the Spanish influence and vibes that Sam brings to the band is, is really a hit with, uh, with, their, with their fans and listeners, you know? It's, yeah. It's good yeah. stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, what, so what are they record? What what have they been recording? Is this the kind of the, the their their next album up there? Obviously, maybe. Yeah, we went. It was actually kind of a while ago now, but um, we went to Panoramic for a um, a week or so and recorded mm. a whole record. So they just like keep busting them out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. the The recent was at Roscoe's Dream. It's great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That one's fun record. That was like. That was a cool record because um, we did it all um, without computers, which I do a lot. But like, it's rare that I get a band that's like down to do that, you know. So what? So recording a tape? Yeah, like uh-huh. literally not even the computer on. <laughs> really? How is that? So talk to me a little bit about that and that process and how it differs from uh, what everyone seems to be doing today. Yeah, I mean, I don't really hate using i actually really like using pro tools and all that because mm-hmm. it's just pretty magical to be able to control the you know flow of it yeah but then sometimes you get a, a project where it's just to not have that screen turned on yeah you know well just to kind of like not have a screen turned on in your life is actually kind of really cool yeah and also kind of at that yeah. and and at the panoramic house to just be analog yeah. for a minute right right and if, well, Pan- for, for people out there who haven't seen it, you can punch up the house on Google, like speaking of screens, and you can see like how magical it is and the views that overlook Stinson Beach. It's kind of distracting, actually. I'm like, guys. <laughs> God, I hate nice with- views, Dan. They're so fucking distracting. <laughs> I'm down in the basement with the gear trying to make a record, and everybody's up in the kitchen staring at the, at the, at the ocean waves. <laughs> yeah, first-class problems, Dan. Going by. I'm like, <laughs> that is kind work? of the unique. The unique thing about that studio is that like the live room has these massive windows that just look out to the ocean. Right. And then the, and there's no window between the live room and the control room and the control room is down. Like, it's not like a basement basement, but it's down a flight of stairs in the basement (laughs) with no windows. Why aren't you guys, where the fuck are you guys? What are you guys doing? And they're all like, you go, you run up there and they're all just standing and looking at the, out the windows at the vibe down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I see what's going on now. (laughs) and and uh, staring at the sea but there's actually a funny moment in the record where a song i was playing bass i actually played bass and engineered which is kind of fun and i'm sitting there in the live room and the take ends and a deer walks by oh shit and i got really excited and i yelled deer (laughs) (laughs) it's on there we kept it oh shit really yeah, that's funny. Oh, it's okay. almost too. It's almost like this nice, pretty song, and then I like ruined the moment by yelling "deer." Right. But they were on there, so it's on there. They were cool. <laughs> Keep it in. Cool. Yeah. I'm gonna. I, I actually um, now knowing about the Panoramic House and um, and just having come up in the context of doing research with this, I'm actually going out there on Tuesday for Thanksgiving. My sister and some of my family lives in the Bay Area. I'm taking my kids who live in different parts of the country. One still lives in Chicago. I'm taking them out. We're staying, spending Thanksgiving in Mill Valley. So I'm going to actually, I'm going to email the Panoramic House. Maybe no one's there and they'll they'll let me go visit mm. it or something like that. And I'm, um, Yeah. Yeah, I need so, to. See. It's good. Yeah. They're, they're, pretty, they're really friendly and that you should check it out oh, cool. and also that really is really nice go to the um there's a place i think it's called like the snack bar where is that in stinson yeah the snack bar right. should i Don, steal a mug and, and bring it and bring it i'll bring it to the uh to the next show oh yeah yes. 
Not not. Did oh, yeah, I say I steal? I didn't say steal. I meant um, borrow. But, yeah. Borrow, but tip well. It's promotional. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They should be giving away the mugs. Frankly, <laughs> I don't know. Exactly. I don't know. Um, so uh, Shred's going on doing a, a set of three a three night run at the Troubadour. I've got tickets for that. Hopefully, I can make it out. But um, oh, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. The Troubadour, man. Have you guys played there before? Yeah, yeah. this place is magical. That is right. I've never, I've never fucking seen a show there, man. I'm, I'm just like, I'm, I'm totally geeked out about it. Um, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's um talk to me a little bit about like when I had Dave Schools on the show, we talked about the tribute album to to Neil. Um, we talked quite a bit about mental health and how that how touring is, 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 is difficult for so many different for artists and can be difficult. And there are a number of different organizations that help with that, namely backline as well. Um, can either of you, and I'll just throw that out there. Give me some of your sort of thoughts on, on mental health and, and the impact that um, it can have on, on touring musicians at large in the industry. Well, sure. Dan's probably better able to speak to this as the old vet. Well, I think that um, it kind of ties it into what we were talking about before with the shopping. Yeah. If you can go shopping, then you're good. <laughs> but the problem is <laughs> with um, all these problems that, you know, some of them have been in the news lately, actually, with um, the touring industry, you know, kind of falling apart as far as, um, you know, uh, infrastructure support all that stuff like we're, not only now are we going out and like it used to be where we would make money and now it's like really hard to make money on tour too so it's it's really kind of been hard um mm -hmm. and uh hopefully that stuff will all work itself out you know we're not like that's part of the problem with being a musician is we're trying to focus on our craft you know yeah and we're not out here to be like advo advocates for you know, financial reform of like an entire industry. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But when you say there's some infrastructure issues, what, <clears throat> give me a couple things that you're thinking about that could either, that are things that have cropped up for you. Well, I mean, it's not, it's not that complicated. It's kind of just like the, um, world has gotten expensive. Everything's expensive. Yeah. And we, but ticket prices haven't gone up, you know? <laughs> there you go. And I mean, one thing that good example is this, how much, remember when Spotify, when did Spotify come out 10 years ago? It's roughly, I guess. Yeah. And it was $10, right? And how much does it cost now? 10, it's still $10. Like, come on. How is it still the same price? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, I don't know. The whole music business has just become really hard. And um, I don't know. For me, that's one of the main stresses because. Well, how much of an impact do you have as an artist and um, uh, to. For ticket prices and to gear ticket prices and either move those, move those upward slightly at particular I mean, venues. To be honest. I know that my that most of the fans are like really understanding and they'll and they're like, Yeah, I wanna go see my favorite band and I wanna support. 
you know, but like, I don't want it. We don't want it to be a ripoff, but like, you know, yeah, something, there has to be some way to like reach a middle ground. I think like the merch is cool. Obviously the fans, um, that want to that have the means to help out, they'll go and buy like t-shirts and records at the merch table. And I think that's understood that like, that's the best way to help the bands. Yeah. You know, I think there's a feeling, but, I think people are, I would venture to say that fans are more willing, would rather spend on merch. I mean, they're going to spend the ticket to see their favorite bands and to see bands that they yeah. love, but fans know universally that, mer the, you know, merch money is going right into the band's pocket pretty much. So hopefully you're getting a good deal on what you're buying so that you're making some money on that as well. And I think that's kind of the case with all the bands. <laughs> yeah. I anyway. Yeah. But you know, I mean, that's just one of the factors of making it hard on the road. Like it definitely makes it easier if you come home and you're like, Oh, look, you tell your family like, Hey, I just made a bunch of cash. Yeah. We can eat so this week. Worth it good. For, for me to leave, you know, right. For, but, um, you know, and then the day-to-day -day thing of being on tour, everyone handles it differently, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, I kind of really like, you know, hitting the road and exploring and, you know, everyone does their own thing. Some people just like sit in their, sit in their bunk all day or like, you know, like sometimes we have like one of our guys just likes to drive all day. So, um you know, everybody had like some people like to be the driver and some people like to sit in the back seat and, you know, listen to music. And, mm -hmm. Um, you know, everyone has a way of dealing with it. And, um, but yeah, um, I don't know. It's, so uh, find it, finding your own rhythm from a personal perspective in terms of managing kind of the experience of being on the road, but then from a bigger picture perspective, sort of like we, there's issues with getting paid and yeah. surviving as a touring musician as well. Exactly. Yeah. It's been, it's, it's weird. You, not just, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Seems to keep getting harder and harder. I mean, maybe <laughs> it's just, in, I think, well, you, you started this off by saying like the world's getting more expensive, but maybe ticket prices aren't necessarily going up. And I see yeah. that problem as being twofold. I see there's a, well, I hope it corrects itself going forward. Let's just say that, that perhaps, um, and, and, and that point relates to um, the point that there's so many bands out there right now, and there's yeah. still just a finite number of fans. Fa I mean, you know, music fans in general, taking the whole pie are, are, is, a, is, a, is a finite number, and that's spread out throughout all their favorite bands. Not to say that, you know, you, you obviously you have a subset of bands that are going to see your band uh, no matter what, but then there are other music fans that would come to see you, but there's so much, they're spending, there's only X amount of dollars that an individual is going to spend per year. And then if you want to go see like Taylor Swift, you got to pay like $400. Well, yeah, I would venture to say that a so, lot of those that are spending a ton of money seeing Taylor, maybe, I'm not sure if they're seeing circles around the sun, but that's just a wild well, also, stab in I, the dark. Yes. But I think that a lot of it has to do with the way that the b business is set up where it favors those like handful of bands at the top, but that's the same with the, I mean, we're getting into like, you know, that's the same with like the whole world these days with all different industries, you know? Right. Capitalism is tearing us apart, you know? <laughs>
Yeah, well, I mean, instead of a $25 ticket or $30 ticket or whatever it was, I can't remember what like the three-night thing at Troubadour was, yeah. but I mean, 35 or five, you know, there's incremental increases that need to meet inflation. I mean, I think that's also what we're talking about here is that, you know, we're in an right. inflationary environment and that that kind of needs to be reflected in ticket prices as well. I mean, I hate to say it, you know, I, I like, you know, I pay a certain amount of money into my condo association and people want to raise fees. And I was like, well, you know, I'm on the board there and like, I don't want to be part of that inflationary cycle. But then I sort of look at what the PL looks like and it's like, well, fuck, you know, <laughs> we're spending more money and I'm part, you have to be kind of part of the cycle if you're going to meet, have to meet um, increased expenses with, you got to increase your revenue somehow. Yep, it is what it is. It is, but. right? Yeah. Anyway, it's you know, it's it's a hard biz, but uh, yeah, we get to we get to play. That's what we do. So can't complain. Well, no, but I mean, you should be rewarded for what you're doing, and also there are costs involved. So I don't want to overlook that. Yeah. You know, it does. So yeah, you love to play, and you want to be in front of your fans, but that there is a cost associated with that. And I, I think if fans really boiled it down, would they want you guys coming out and losing money and going home broke? Or I mean, not broke, but like you know, not having made money on that tour to live. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's an element of that. John, what are your thoughts on this? Not being the veteran. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. I, I know I agree yeah. with all that. And I mean, I think the other thing which has been sort of talked about to death and, and seems to kind of just go away because people get worn out is like recorded music as a commodity is literally for all intents and purposes, no longer Free. a thing, you know, yeah. like there, it blows my mind to think that, you know, there was a long period of time where, you know, records were bought in the tens of millions, you know, albums, even not great ones would, you know, get, there'd be 10 million copies printed and 6 million people would buy it. And that's a ton of money. I mean, I remember in the early 2000s when I was, you know, going to the store and buying a handful of CDs or whatever, CDs in 2003 were $20 a piece. You know, and you would go in and you would grab four or five CDs, right. even if they were the nice price. And you'd be like, ah, shit, here we go, $100. Right. And half the time, you'd listen to it and you wouldn't even really like it. Or maybe there'd be two or three good songs on it. But the fact that that was a thing less than 20 years ago, and now you can pay $10 and have access to literally the entire, basically the entirety of recorded music yeah, is kind of crazy and that's you know everyone knows what a problem that is but that's a big part of it because the whole model is sort of flipped now like it used to be mm -hmm. and i say used to be it's well before my time but used to be a thing that like that's where musicians really made their money is on selling yeah their music you know selling records and then you'd go out and tour to kind of like augment that you know like promote yeah. it and make people aware of it but the real like bread and butter was the the album sales and now it's flipped where yeah. no one buys albums. Well, and selfishly, so you have to I'm, go out I'm and yeah, selfishly, I'm kind of happy from a music fan perspective that more bands are going on Me the road, too. but I'd like them to be remunerated for their efforts. And I don't mean throwing money at everybody for nothing. I mean, like just realizing that this is what, this is what we love. Let's, let's, let's reward the artist for coming out and coming to my town. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think to the original question, like, I think the solution to everybody's 
problems is is right in front of our faces. It's just a hard thing to solve, but it's just, you know, everybody needs to make a little more money, musicians included. And when you're going out and spending 24 hours a day for weeks at a time of your life away from home, uh, and then you have nothing to really, you know, show for it, of course, that's going to make you, it's going to take a toll on your mental health. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's not as well as your pocket. <laughs> How do you manage from yeah. a mental health perspective on the road, just from a, just from that, from that perspective, apart from the financial side that we've been talking about? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I try to take care of myself, you know, I try to go for a run, get some exercise yeah, and, um, just have fun more than anything. I mean, that's kind of like, we're joking about it, but you know, going out and finding treasures or right on. seeing local sites, things like that. Like, I think, uh, to me, it's, I have to try to really remind myself just to enjoy the moment, you know, and just be present. Cause it can get, you can get bummed being away from home or, you know, just feeling tired or whatever. But, uh, I always feel better if I just remember like, Oh, wait a minute, I'm in, you know, Tucson, Arizona, and I'm looking at this beautiful scenery and getting paid to be here and play music. So right. that rules. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. But yeah, uh, just staying positive, I think. Uh, the Circles album. Tell me about the release date and touring and such yeah. for that. It's like um, early early Feb, right? I can't remember the exact date. Early February? So we're, we're being intentionally vague about it right now, I think. Yeah. Oh, you are? Okay. Well, that's all. Yeah. We have a whole bunch of touring around it, so it's going to be pretty fun. Um, yeah. We're probably coming to your town. Yeah, Listeners. yeah. <laughs> you got a bunch of dates in March and April, I think, uh, from what I saw. I think, if I, if I was correct. Yeah. So, yeah, looking forward to to seeing that. I hope I can make it out to L.A. for those uh, shred shows and for anybody that's uh, that's in L.A. Uh, wow. You know, go to Cash or Trade because I think those shows are sold out. But hopefully, everyone's uh, all the fans that are listening have tickets for those and. Um, and uh just uh you guys are just you guys are killing i'm looking forward to seeing more of you playing john and uh and dan i love what you're doing so um i think maybe we lost dan i'm not sure we're not going to get a i'm trying I to know but uh, i just yeah. had to take a screenshot because he's frozen on a particularly good look right now <laughs> all right <laughs> i don't well, know if you got the same one i got i don't know if i can if we're gonna wait and see what's up with dan or what because i'd like to get like a yeah. There he is. Oh, there, there he is. is. All right. Take yourself off mute, Dan. I think Dan's gone off Wi-Fi. <laughs> I think Dan could just be off Mobile. the program. He's 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 um he's in orbit now, uh, which is appropriate yeah, because he's around the sun. He, there he is. That's right. Oh, there Take yourself is. off mute, Dan. Sorry, I gotta go because I have yeah. to go to practice. Well, we were just we to to what practice? Baseball. Oh, right on. Okay, good. My kid was a baseball player too. Um oh, yeah. Good. Well, I was just uh, I was just kind of winding down with John, and we were laughing because you were frozen, and I wasn't going to get a goodbye out of you, but uh, and, a, and, a, and a good sign off from the man himself. So, uh, thanks, Dan, for being here. I appreciate you taking the time, man. This has been fun following you around, and you're. I feel like uh, you know I've been sitting around in your house and uh, and being mobile with you. Yeah, come over next time. Yeah, for sure, man. I would love to. I would love to. December with the at the troop. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I hope I can make it out. Um, 
Yeah, thanks a lot for being here, Dan, spending the time. Good luck on the new album. It's really, uh, from what I can tell, it's really amazing. And I love what you guys do. Thanks, John, for being here. And it was good to meet you, John, as well. And I look forward to seeing you out there, man. Good luck. Yeah, thanks. Likewise. Good luck to both you guys. Thanks again for being here. Thanks, Josh. Cheers. Peace, man. Yeah, thanks. Okay. That was me and Dan Horn and John Lee Shannon having a fun chat from both sides of the country, Dan in LA and John in the Catskills. That was kind of a funny way to end uh, the interview, but appropriate. You know, Dan just hopped in the car. Uh, he's got to go watch his kid pick it, do a pickup or something at a baseball practice. But hey, I've been there and I'm sure many of you with kids have been there as well. You know, uh, things get tight timing wise and, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And, uh, and that's all part of the program, but, um, love chatting with these guys. Their, uh, perspectives on touring is, are, is, is so, uh, just, just funny and lighthearted and, uh, you know, they just kind of get out there and John and Dan were talking about, uh, or John was saying, it's all about the treasure hunt. You know, they're taking coffee cups from places and having laughs about it, finding the good lunch places to be at, you know, just kind of staying safe sane and mentally healthy while they're on the road. Um, love the touring chat that we, uh, that we talked about in the music business chat that sort of evolved from, um, from what the main problems are uh, today, just in terms of trying to break even and stay afloat in this business. That's just so increasingly uh, difficult to, make a living at uh, doing what they love to do just to be out there and tour and be on the road. I mean, you know, just to, to kind of bottom line it, it's good to not only just break even, but come home with some, some money in your pockets and uh, you know, talking to Dan about how ticket prices haven't gone up and how kind of it's been the same price to get music at Spotify, uh, 10 bucks a month and uh, ticket prices have not necessarily been, been going up. I don't know if that's your all experience, but I uh, would love to hear about that. Um, but also sort of the day to day of being on tour, it can be boring. You know, some people just like to relax. Some others just like to drive, for example, or be out there. It was kind of uh, really interesting to get their perspectives on how they handle tour life and what that looks like from their perspective. And that's all just really, uh, really great stuff, but I'm glad that they do it. Uh, like I said, Circles Around the Sun is one of my favorite bands. I'm so glad that they get on the road and do what they do to bring their amazing music to all of us fans. Really looking forward to their upcoming album entitled Language, on which Michaela Davis plays, like I mentioned at the top. They've got some tour dates uh, in January. Uh, they, <clears throat> you can visit their website for more information. They also talked about uh, tour dates upcoming uh, TBD tour dates in March and April, possibly to tour around the release of this album. I'm really looking forward to that. Again, I want to thank everyone for being here for this final episode of 2022, episode 165. I am so incredibly grateful to all of you for listening into Road Case. I'm so grateful that I'm able to do what I do and bring these 
uh, interviews with these amazing musicians and artists and performing artists, touring artists to all of you. Uh, really look forward to doing this and more in 2023. It's going to be just an amazing year. Happy holidays to everybody and a very happy new year to each and every one of you. Thanks so much for being here. And I want to send a special thank you to John Lee Shannon and Dan Horn of Circles Around the Sun for being here on this final 2022 episode of Road Case. Thanks again so much for listening. And I'd like to encourage everyone to get involved with Roadcase. You can do so in a number of different ways. You can email me at info at roadcasepod.com with questions, comments, and even suggestions for guests. Or you can follow us on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're at Roadcase Pod. And we have a YouTube channel called Roadcase Podcast. And of course, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. And if you could please rate and review the podcast while you're there, that would be great. So I want to thank Waltzer for this awesome theme music that we have. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to Roadcase. We have a lot of great episodes coming up, so I'll see you on down the road. Yeah.